Okay. Well, here we are. I'm giving, of course, the Tanya of Chaf Vav Adar, but really, by now, it's night. So this is Chaf Zayin Adar, Chaf Zayin Adar Rishon. Very strong day for us. Very, very strong day, and whatever we understand, and whatever we don't understand, and whatever we think about what we understand, but we all know it's tremendous something, which means tremendous spiritual energy happening, and obviously a day to really, really bond very, very tight with the Rebbe and our belief in everything of the Rebbe and everything the Rebbe says and has always taught us and continues to be very, very, very strongly connected and speaking, doing, thinking the Rebbe. So with that introduction, we're learning some chitas. Uh, very short today. Very short, but very strong piece. So thus far, in chapter 32, we focused on how do I really do this seemingly beautiful but practically impossible commandment called love every single Jew exactly like you love yourself? I mean, like, that's impossible because obviously I don't know anyone like I love myself. Halavai, I love my husband like I love myself. I'm supposed to love every single Jew like I love myself? But yeah, actually, that's the commandment. A biblical commandment. Love every single Jew like you love yourself. Okay, that's a commandment. But Tachos, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to do it. And we said, but how? And we answered, because in essence, if you can get past all the surface, every Jew is you. What's your reality is your soul. And what's the reality of every other Jew is their soul. And on the level of soul, we are truly one. It's all one. So if I love myself, my essence self is the same essence self in every other Jew. The one very difficult prerequisite is being able to look past everything and when I look at someone's soul. But if I can look at you, whoever you are, and really see and appreciate soul, I can love you as I love myself. And that's exactly what Hashem wants from us. That's exactly what God's asking. So we spent a few days on that idea. And now we're coming to a question. What's the question that we deal with today? But it says something in the Gemara that seems to contradict this. It says in the Talmud that if you see your friend sinning, it is a command to hate him, and even to go tell his teacher to hate him. Tell his teacher so the teacher will hate him. So how does that jive? I don't to love everyone, look past everything, sing your soul, but if you're sinning, I'm supposed to hate you. So the Rebbe takes 50% of chapter 32, Lama Beis, Lev, the heart of Tanya, an entire chapter focused on loving Jews, to teach you who you're supposed to hate, which sounds horrific, especially like, let's at least wait for the next chapter. But the Rebbe's point is, until the time of the Tanya, people looked at this piece of Talmud, misconstrued it, misunderstood it, and felt, oh, if I see anybody who sins, I'm supposed to hate him, meaning I'm supposed to love every Jew except the ones that sin, and then those Jews I'm supposed to hate. So the Rebbe wants you to understand what does this piece of Gemara really mean? Because I don't want you to hate Jews. I want you to love Jews. The Gemara is MS. It's true. 
but you're misunderstanding the truth of the Gemara. And let's understand what the Gemara means by saying, hate a Jew who sins. And how does that jive with the mitzvah, biblical command, to love every Jew like I love myself? And literally, this is a mitzvah. It's actually a debate in the Gemara, if you would look it up. Is it you're allowed to hate or you have to hate? It's a mitzvah. You have to hate a Jew who sins. So, you know, there's a lot of sinning Jews especially in our world of some 15 million Jews. So all those millions and millions and millions of Jews have got to hate, and that's what God wants? So the says, mm, you don't understand Because you're not clearly looking at the words of the Talmud. When we look at something precisely, it looks a little different than when we sort of vaguely say, oh, let's look at every Jew that sins. And therefore it's worth spending 50% of a chapter on love to explain to you who to hate, to so minimize that category. And as we will say, though not today, and even those people, you still have to love. So if we look at the words of the Talmud, the Gemara says, someone who sees his friend sinning, doesn't say someone who sees a Jew sinning, or someone who sees a person sinning, the only way you're supposed to hate is a friend. If they're not your friend, forget it. You're not supposed to hate them. So what do I mean by a friend? So the Rebbe says, a friend means someone on your level of Tyra and Mitzvah. Meaning, it doesn't have to be a perfect mirror image how many times a day you give charity and how many times a day they. But it has to be someone roughly of your equivalent stature. So if you have a Jew who is far lower than you spiritually, like most of those 15 million people we were talking about before, well, the whole command doesn't apply to them. They're not your friend in Torah and Mitzvah. You might be really friendly with them. You might like them a lot. You might have a lot to do with them. But they're not on your level of Torah and mitzvahs. So if they're not on your level of Torah and mitzvahs, the idea does not apply. Why not? Because if someone's much weaker than you, so they're sinning, it's, it's nothing to do. You know, they're ignorant, they need an education, they don't have the right tools, you can't judge them. That's not what we're talking about. So anyone lower than you, spiritually, again, you don't have to take out your microscope. You don't have to take out your magnifying glass. But in the broad strokes of life, as we understand people, any Jew who is lower than you in Torah and Mitzvah and is sinning, this Mitzvah does not apply to. So what are you supposed to do with all those Jews? Love them! And, of course, as we will soon say, the kind of them, bring them close to God, bring them close to Torah, bring them close to Mitzvah, and shower them with lots and lots and lots of love, and hate them? Not at all. Why not? Because the mitzvah doesn't apply to them. It only applies to your friend in Torah and mitzvah. That's prerequisite one. Prerequisite two, the Rebbe says, you are only allowed and obligated to fulfill this command to hate after you've given them musr. That's actually how we know it's somebody in your level of Torah and mitzvah. Because the, another biblical command, to give Musr, it says, You shall surely rebuke your friend. Amisecha means, Im The one who is with you. Meaning, you shall surely rebuke someone who is on your level of terms. Why only someone on my level? And, and if I see a pretty ignorant person uh, defile, desecrating the Shabbos, I'm not supposed to rebuke them? No, you're not. Why not? Because they're coming from a very different base, and therefore, for them, 
you can't you can't go to them with that perspective. It would be a turnoff. Meaning, musr, rebuke, is a very delicate, significant, serious tool. Sometimes we have to. It's a mitzvah. Sometimes we're not allowed to. So if you see someone on your level of time mitzvahs who is sinning, you have an obligation to give them musr even if you don't want to. But if they're not on your level of termitzos, you can't give them muster. You could of them. You could draw them close. You could give them an example of how one serves Hashem. You could give them instruction, but you can't give them rebuke. You're not allowed to. They're not a keli for it. They're not on the level to handle it. So if someone, prerequisite number one, is on your level of termitzos, and prerequisite two, you gave them muster, and they do not accept the muster, Oh, so now I'm supposed to hate them? No, now you're supposed to give them muster again. Well, I tried. They weren't interested. Give them again. Try harder. Muster is only accepted if it comes truly, sincerely from your heart. Work more deeply on yourself to feel love for the person. Well, I don't really have love for the person. Well, then you can't even give them muster. You cannot give muster to someone you don't have love for. Because if you come to someone, okay, hey, they're on my level, right? We went to the same schooling, same education, same type of shoes, and they're doing something clearly wrong. So I was looking at the master, like we're on the same level. Do you have a loving relationship? No. Well, then you're not allowed to give them a master. Again, why not? Because if someone comes to you, who you know doesn't care for you, and starts giving you a master, how would you feel? If you're such an angel that you would accept it, you probably wouldn't do anything wrong in the first place. So human nature, if we don't know that the other person cares about us, we're not going to accept their muster. We're going to be like, you're not doing it because you care about me. You're doing it because you want to tell me off. You're feeling bigger about yourself when you put me down. So we reject it, even if it's completely true, their words. We can't hear it. So, you know, so we say, one, your level term is us. Two, you have to give them muster. But between one and two, there's another step. You have to have love for them. You have to have a love for them, not just a secret love in the recesses of your heart. You have to have the love that they feel. Because if they know you love them, they see you love them, they feel your love, then they can accept your muster. They can accept your rebuke. That might not mean that they'll say, oh, wow, I know how much you care about me, so I can completely accept what you're saying. They might not say it like that. But truly inside, they can. It's words of truth. It's coming from your heart. They know you sincerely care about them, so they know it's coming from a good place. It can enter their heart in a good way. But if they don't know you care about them, they can't hear it. So, A, is this person I love to our mitzvahs? B, do I have a clear, strong bond with them? And if yes and yes, C, go give them muster. And then if they don't hear my muster, give them muster again. And if they don't hear it, give them muster again. When can I stop giving them muster and start hating them? When they tell you, I don't want to hear it anymore. And if you gave them muster a hundred times and they'll let you, give them a hundred and one times. But each time, you should really try to work on yourself. Meaning, one thing is work on the depths of your love. Maybe your love isn't strong enough, and that's why they're not accepting it. And two, try to do things, other things spiritually to help them accept. One strategy that the Rebbe recommends is look at their area of weakness and try to improve that in yourself. Or daven for them, say to him for them, give stucca for them. Don't just have a lot of love and give them muster. Use these other very powerful tools in our arsenal to enable them to accept the muster and change. So we said again, I know I'm repeating it, but I just want to make sure it's very clear because it's a very strong issue. 
I see someone sinning. Are they on my level of Torah mitzvahs? No. Love them, the car of them. They are my level of Torah mitzvahs. Okay. Step two. Do I have a loving relationship with them? No. Okay. Well, then I can't do anything because I have that loving relationship to create that love for them. I do have a loving relationship with them. Three, give them a sir. And hopefully they'll accept your Muslim to tshuva. And then just love them and respect them for doing tshuva. But they don't. Give them a sir again. Give them a sir again. Keep giving it. Try to give from a deeper place. Try to give with more truth. Try to give with more love. Try to do more things spiritually like daven and say tehillim and get stucca and add in mitzvahs in their area. And try and try and try and try until they would ever... And keep trying. And as long as you keep trying, you're not supposed to hate them. You're supposed to keep trying to give them a sir. It would actually come to the point where they say, stop! I don't want you ever talk to me about this again. Uh-oh, now we're in trouble. <laughs> Maybe now I'm supposed to hate them. This will be continued. We're, we're stopping here because this is the end of today. But not to leave anyone hanging overnight. Even if you come to a person who is on your level of terminus, who you do have love for, who you do give muster to again and again, very, very sincerely, and who still somehow there's so much evil hardened over their heart that they will not accept your words, or their words of truth and words of love. And you do have a Torah obligation to hate them, as the Rebbe is going to tell us tomorrow. You didn't lose your Torah obligation to love them. So such a person, you have to love them in completely, entirely like you love yourself because their soul is like yours. And you have to hate the evil that is so entrapping their soul that they can't accept your sincere, loving, true words of Musser. That is the time of today. Any questions? Please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. Well, we should use the energy of today. Push a little harder. Let's make Mashiach happen.